0: We fished. <laughs> we fished. Max. Um, I asked you. Good. I was telling Dave. All right. Klein, yeah, I am. Um, I interviewed Dave Klein and I told him that you were the most wonderful Pennsylvania Dutch teacher ever. But unfortunately, I forgot a lot of it. So I've got to come back to you and get some more skills because it's, um, it's fading. I don't talk to anybody, you know. It's hard I know. Sentence. Use it or lose it. That's very true. Use it or lose it. Yes. Keith Brinsonhoff, hoff welcome to Big Mama Hex podcast. It's so nice to have you here today. Thank you for taking the time to join us. You are a very special person in our culture and also our community and a very special and dear friend to myself and my husband. So welcome.
1: Thank you. And you have a great husband. You know what, Rachel, <laughs> honestly, I think you have almost as good taste in your spouse as Hunter does in his spouse. <laughs>
0: It's so kind. I was wondering where that was going to go because you know, it's been a long long 10 months. Is it 9 months? I don't know. It feels like 10 years. It's been a long long time because we're very independent. We like to get away and have a little break, you know, like go anywhere other than right in front of each other. It's been a rough time, but we're doing yep. okay. We survived, right?
1: It beats the alternative.
0: Indeed. And you know, if marriages can survive this quarantine, I'm, I'm like really impressed. It's a lot. It's a lot of time together. (laughs) It's It's so nice to have you, Keith. So tell me, let's start off with what have you been up to over, over these past couple of months? I know you usually are very active and doing lots of gigs and making lots of appearances and making everyone's hearts so filled with entertainment and joy. And you're, you're usually such a, such a, uh what is it called a uh runabout or a ritzer i don't know you must have a word for it
1: <laughs> <laughs> somewhere well speaking How you
0: chronologically
1: doing? Yeah, doing speaking chronologically Sorry. way back in um when was this june i did two different 15-minute video segments for the folk festival which was yes. online as much as possible here I also did one for the Redbridge Fiddle Festival, at which I'm a judge, and uh, that was way back then. And about a month ago, I had my first performing job since February, and oh, wow. I had three of them in about a week and a half, and they were all very safe. They were all outdoors, awesome. masked on the other people, et cetera, et cetera. So no problem there. And then I have to watch over is that where it rich
0: yes i love i say go rich right i tell my son all the time
1: i'm not sure if i sent you this but yes i
0: I was gonna ask you next Woo! i actually got one from the heritage center i'm so excited for you um keith was was named hiva vitriva 2020 artist of the year so exciting and so so well earned you're an incredible guy and just so charitable uh, with the community, giving us so much enjoyment and, and and joy and entertainment. So tell me about that. How was that? It was wonderful.
1: I got an, yeah. uh, an email from Patrick Dunnoyer months ago with uh, asking if I would do an interview. I said, sure, no problem. So he sent me a whole list of questions. And then I had to do some serious thinking because I had to answer everything in Pennsylvania Dutch. Yes. And some of the- words I haven't used in years, if if ever. Wow. So, about 20 questions. And I thought no big deal, and then uh, to my surprise, not only did he put all the questions in the Hivavit but he put my picture as the comedian, the Professor Schnitzel imitation, on the cover. <laughs> yes. So <and> I've gotten <laughs> lots so of good. awards and certificates, but this is really neat. Uh, some people wouldn't recognize me in disguise there, but you know.
0: <laughs> that's, uh,
1: Mostly what I've been up to is everything that I told you so far, except uh, our church, St. John's, UCC in Kutztown. has been doing online services for a half a year or more. Oh, nice. So every Sunday. Yep, every Sunday I do. And the neat thing about that is that the three pictures on there are my three different main costumes, which is yes. uh, Dr. A comedian, uh, my vest and hat as a performer, and my suspenders and uh, old time shirt as a teacher of Pennsylvania German. Yay. And I did just, almost forgot, that reminded me of, I just finished teaching uh, another eight week class up in Kempton for the Albany Township Historical Society. And oh, wow. we had eight students live, but with masks and separated in their beautiful building, and four online via Zoom. So that was the first time I did that, and that was pretty neat. That's very cool. That's pretty much it. Yep. I keep busy.
0: That's awesome, Keith. And I'm so happy to hear that you're keeping yourself busy because I know it's really hard as a creative, especially, you know, we thrive off of vending events and we love to interact with the folk and get to know what they're interested in. And it really feeds the art, you know, so it's very difficult to not have that exchange. So I'm glad to hear you're doing well. You're keeping yourself active. Um, I did want to mention, what did I want to mention? Oh, Keith. Was my Pennsylvania Dutch teacher at um, not see I forget at the at the right what's it called now Burke's Historical Center Burke's County Heritage Center the Burke's, Heritage, Burke's Center. County
1: Heritage Center
0: yes and that was such a wonderful class and the thing that I'll tell you about Keith's teaching style that I really enjoyed because I am I am a hard sell for learning new things to be honest especially languages oh, yeah. um, you
1: were frozen there.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Well, um, I was saying that it's a hard sell for me to learn new things, uh, especially languages. So the thing that I liked about the way you taught was it was conversational, Deutsch, and I think that's really important because as you were mentioning in answering the questions, a lot of times, you know, I think a way to keep the language alive is definitely through conversation and not get so, so like held um what's the word I want um held back by needing to know everything like needing to write it and read it and everything but I think conversationally it's a really nice way for us to keep it alive and keep it going and to learn bits and pieces in that way which I really like the way you presented that so very good I wish I could say it in touch. Thank you. that's my
1: philosophy too and yeah. uh, my philosophy matched. my philosophy matched with uh I took two different classes myself. One from the Reverend Drugenbrod, who was president of the Pennsylvania German Society, and his was very grammatically oriented, and I did not like that. And then I took one from Eric Stegel, who was uh, given at night at Albright College, my alma mater. And uh, he was a retired German teacher from Ephrata, and his was conversationally oriented, which yeah. is how I modeled my class afterwards, and I, I loved it. And an interesting sideline to that class there was an older lady and a younger lady who were friends who took the same class that I did. Why did they take that? Because <laughs> they were involved in school and school politics. And mm. in those days, this was 25, 30 years ago, when the guys on the school board wanted to talk about something that they didn't want the public to know, they switched to Pennsylvania Dutch.
0: <laughs> wow, that's such a good story. Oh, my gosh, can you believe that? That's so funny. Yeah, that's such a So that's a why Ryan. they took the class. That's such a riot, and I'll tell you what else happened in your class that I thought of this morning when I was sort of thinking about what we were going to talk about. I came up with the Davy Apple Applebutter character during class. I was doodling, <laughs> so oh, that was right. a nice. It was nice because, it, you know, it was like flooding myself with the Pennsylvania Dutch experience during your class, and it was a nice time. And the other really cool thing that Keith would do um, was play music for us. That was a lot of fun. That was a really nice experience. And then subsequently when you were teaching at Kudztown, I came and visited a couple of times to your classes and you'd bring in artists right. and, and musicians, correct, right? And that was a really nice I, experience for those students. I still hear from them sometimes and they'll say to me, yeah, I saw you at Keith's class and it's so nice to hear that, you know? You do a really nice well-rounded uh, Klaus, 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 <laughs> Santa Klaus, um, you do a nice well-rounded <laughs> class.
1: That was Dutch, spoken like a native class.
0: I'm getting there. I I always make jokes, especially with Patrick. I'll say, you know, I'm like um, an Oly Valley Valley girl (laughs) because I just can't get the accent. I try, but in our home, we have a couple things that we say and I just love, it makes my heart so happy when my kids say it on their own just naturally. It makes me really happy. So.
1: Well, backtracking to what you just said. Yes. You can't isolate language. If you do, it'll be dead. It's part of culture, folklore, history music especially because you have instrumentals but most songs have words and
0: there you go that's it we learned so much deitch from this and that's that's an incredible point to make especially because you're a musician and i'm an art teacher and i think you're a music educator as well right did you do some teaching i think besides Uh,
1: i did actually i did a lot of subbing uh in uh, local schools including Kutztown, Brandywine, Ole, Fleetwood, School Cavalli uh, for elementary music uh, in nice. Kutztown, Brandywine for middle school music and at nice. Kutztown even for high school music. Even oh, though I'm awesome. not a classically trained musical musician uh, but I knew most of the teachers in Kutztown, Brandywine and they liked awesome. having somebody in there who was a teacher and knew what they were doing. So
0: Yeah, and a musician, that's so cool. But what I was saying too is, is that learning a language through music, as well as immersion, obviously, in the culture, is an incredible way to learn. And my son and I know this whole, and my daughter as well, uh, we know this whole album back and forth, because our only CD players in the car, so we used to listen to it. And it's really helpful for folks out there listening, um, get a copy of the CD. Um, another one would be the Broken Spokes. They have some Pennsylvania Dutch songs. And I don't know, Peter Fritch has a CD, but I'm not sure if it's, it's probably poetry re- re- read aloud, correct? I think so. Right, it's spoken. Yes. It's
1: uh, yes. poems and things like that.
0: But still, yeah, I mean, re- it's a great way. What's weird,
1: what's weird? unusual coincidence, is Peter and I were good friends and high school classmates at Brandywine in know
0: know y- class. That is so cool. Oh. I don't know how I know that, if I know that through you or through, I think, I don't know how I know that, but that's incredible. I wanted to ask you about that because unfortunately uh, Peter has passed away. Um, it's It must be going on a couple of years now, two years or so. Right,
1: yep. Yeah, yeah and- um, Christmas time because uh, I found out about it when I did my my one show for the first kind of heritage center at Greens Mill. So it would be almost exactly two years.
0: Wow, and I never got a chance, the honor to meet him, but I've seen his work and, and the profound effect he had on our culture as well an incredible oh, yeah. body of work and a multi-talented just like yourself multi-talented artist he did the poetry the sharnshnata the eggs, which i don't know what is properly called but um and also was involved in music as well yeah so well, a lifelong friend. yeah
1: and uh he, you would appreciate him more than most people because you know how good an artist he was in the different forms of mm-hmm. art that he did and oh he yeah playing piano by ear and he was director of the minstrel shows they used to have at Brandywine for many years oh. and he played for the, all the people to sing and he played piano by ear and then oh. he kind of gave that up. Uh, he had one of the biggest collections of music boxes around which they sold uh, at oh. an auction but then at the end he got into the hammered dulcimer which is oh. not the easiest instrument to play but it's like eating potato chips. Once you start you can't get rid of <laughs>
0: What a great way to explain it. That's so cool. That's really cool, Keith. Actually, the dulcimer, when I was growing up, my dad had a dulcimer. And my dad has since he lives in Florida, but he's since become a big fan of yours and and Dave Pyon. And, and he and I just love sharing with him the dulcimer. And he also had gifted me one one year um an auto harp. And then seeing you play the auto harp is just really neat. He's very, very musical. And I thought, wow, this. You just reminded me so much of that special time and those special instruments, you know?
1: So So, when you had said dulcimer, was it a mountain
0: dulcimer or a hammered dulcimer? I don't really know. I will have to ask him. I would have to look back in the archives. (laughs) It's a very long time ago.
1: They are completely different instruments.
0: I would have to look back. It's interesting, though. My my dad, bless his heart, um, he's 70, actually, this year, and he did not realize that his father was Pennsylvania Dutch he just always kind of thought he was German and I just told him recently like no dad we're definitely 100% Pennsylvania Dutch like the timing they came and stuff and I he was like no I don't think so and I was like okay like I'm not gonna argue with you you're my elder but it's hard because it's like that that missing piece for me that I've tried to re um sew back together um you know you all have done such a wonderful service to me and my family and to many families I'm sure to help us piece that back together so thank you Um, for being a contemporary artist and musician that's giving us this gift that we can carry on these traditions that maybe there was a gap, which there was for my family. So it's neat to have these songs and for us to know all these songs now. And I adore this CD so much. I know I've gushed about it before, but you and your wife, the CD, I don't know how long ago it was because I accidentally cut paint on it. But this is one of our favorites. It's a classic. I just love this so much. And I know this is a project you've done. And then also the Toad Creek, Toad Creek, I don't want to say duo. Tell Gravelers. me about your other. What is Toad that? Gravelers. Gravelers. yes. I, po- I apologize. The coffee hasn't kicked in. So that's a project you've been doing for a while. And Dave Klein specifically instructed me to ask you about barn dances because he thought of them so fondly with you. So I'm asking you about barn dances because I didn't know about them.
1: <laughs> okay, well, they are a local custom. We call yeah. them hoedowns and hoedowns are similar but not the same as square dances. A lot of kids would have square dancing lessons in school, in public schools, and uh, the age they were, most of the boys hated it (laughs) until they got older. And uh, I'll I'll go off track a little bit here and tell you when when, uh, we were kids, I have a younger brother, a year and a half younger than me, our parents would go every Saturday night somewhere to a hoedown, especially in Lenhartsville, What's now Humboldt's Dance Land? Or what's a Humboldt's Dance and a Humboldt's Restaurant? Anyway, so as a kid, you can imagine I was drugged along every Saturday night and I hated it. (laughs) I hated it until I was about in 10th grade, maybe, and I realized two things. Number one, (laughs) I knew most of the dancers from sitting there watching them all those years. And number two, even more important, I could dance with girls. So all of a sudden, hey, this might be interesting. And then
0: uh,
1: I got back into into it when I was in college when uh, a friend of mine, who you know, I think, Lucy Muth, uh, I was having a party and asked me to call some hold hoedowns. Well, I had to scrape together a tape or a CD or whatever they had in those days for some music. And I actually danced while I called, which is more like work and takes some of the fun out of it. But (laughs) anyway... So then I thought, hey, this could be interesting. So I was teaching at Brandywine in those days, 5th grade, 6th grade. And I, I started a folk music hold-on club.
0: Wow. So I
1: could practice on the kids. <laughs> which I did. And I learned a lot. I went to other hold and stuff myself. And then, uh, of course, the whole situation in the area here, when the work is done in fall, you want to Relax and have some fun because you worked that hard in the harvest time. Mm-hmm. So you would clear out space in the barn. There was still a working farm, which many were, and you'd get some musicians and a caller and invite all your friends and neighbors. And everybody would bring food and maybe they'd buy a quarter barrel of beer or whatever. Have and they'd have some music and some fun, and it would be just a blast. And I've probably done in my life probably a couple hundred of them, mm-hmm. uh, although not lately, obviously. and uh, they are a lot of fun and sometimes I've played sometimes uh, I've danced but most of the times I've called lately so I like to do all three but I can't do all three at the same time (laughs) so I'm surprised you can't figure it
0: out
1: yep and barn dances (laughs) they're called barn dances for the obvious reason they're held in barns but they're held in fall after the harvest is over that's so cool nobody knows why it's called a hoedown except for the kind of obvious simplistic explanation well when work is all done you put down your shovels and your rigs and your hose and you lay the hoedown and you have a party so that's that's as much as we can find out
0: yeah that's really neat so he he told me that a lot of people can trace the way that they met their partner through a hoedown right is that how you met your wife
1: no heavens no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a long, involved, scary story, which okay, I can tell you.
0: But you don't have some of the time. <laughs> she's an amazing singer. So so tell me about this project. How long did you two work together singing and performing?
1: Uh, oh we uh, well I forget how long ago it was, but she helped me for probably maybe eight, ten years. Nice. and then she kept getting bigger and better and more important jobs. So finally she yeah. said, Well, this is your thing and I have my full-time job. So uh, she gave it up. And uh, the picture is from uh, uh, outside of a house of a friend of of ours uh, whose name I can't think of. She did beautiful colonial type uh, frock tour and she gave us one for for our wedding. And she lived down towards Valley and nowadays, for the last many years, she does the reenactment of, uh, oh, the lady lived on the mountain,
0: uh, Mary. Mount Mary,
1: Mount oh, Mary. Uh, in person. person. And she looks and acts and talks just like her. Um, and I don't know why I can't think of her name, but the picture was taken at her house.
0: Is this the woman that so, did it at the Heritage and Center? The see-
1: is
0: she the woman that dressed nope. up at the Heritage Center? Oh, a different person. Yes. Oh, I have to find yes, out who Yes, yes, is. yes. Oh, that's the same person.
1: I'm sure you I'm sure you recognize her and you yeah. might even know her name because I can't remember it.
0: I know, you know her name. That's what happens but, when you get old. Yeah, same to me because I know who you're talking about. If it's the same person from the Heritage Center, I've heard her name before so I can reference that and then add it in because that's very cool. I didn't realize that she had been uh, an artist as well. I just I love Excellent. this album so much. This is a classic for us and Like I said, for myself and my kids, it's just such a nice way to learn the language too. Because you know, song is a neat way to learn the language. So um, I always, I always really enjoyed it.
1: I'm just glad there are lots of people, including a young chick like you, promoting this culture. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I offend you? I'm I'm sorry sorry if I called you a young chick.
0: I'll take it. I'm so happy to hear that. My goodness. I feel like I'm 80 right now.
1: <laughs> no, it's all relative.
0: Yes, indeed. That's very true. That is very true. I'll tell you that. I think Hunter might outlive me though. I'll tell you I'm not doing so good, Keith. This has been hard for me, but I appreciate that you saying that. And it's so important. And especially because I mentioned my gap with my parents, um, I think there's a whole a whole group of people that want to reconnect, and it's nice to have people that have so much, um, so much, uh, what's, like a foundation in the actual culture, because you grew up here. Did you grow up in Lyons? Oh yeah. Yes, so you are Park. the quintessential Pennsylvania Dutch man. So you've been here and you can help us all, and you're very giving and, and helpful and um, always very, very entertaining. Very entertaining. We never leave a and Hall show not, not not smiling, you know. Good. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I'd like to ask you also about um, your shop because I know Dave even mentioned it that he thinks he probably met you there and I know a lot of people have mentioned Keith's shop and I never had the chance to go there but I know you had a music shop in downtown Clifton, right?
1: Right. It was actually, there were two different locations where I started. It was Right above a local hotspot landmark named Shorty's Bar, and <laughs> I was there for many years. And then uh, I moved during the one winter when we had all the terrible snowstorms mm. down to uh, on the corner, just half a block down. And uh, it was called Pennsylvania Dutch Hobbies and Music. It was about half hobby typical hobbies, and half music. And then oh, I had nice. a Pennsylvania Dutch, Pennsylvania Dutch corner. And to me. Personally, the neatest thing was, I got to meet all kinds of neat, interesting people, in all those three areas. So mm. I loved it, and I did did fine. I gave a lot of lessons until nine eleven. Nine eleven did me in, like it did many other businesses in. Yeah. So that's the way it went.
0: Yeah, I didn't realize you were doing lessons too. That's neat.
1: Yep, uh, I peaked at about about 35 students, I think, wow. on different different instruments. Yes, I met Dave Klein in the first location. He came in one day selling advertising for the Reading Eagle. <laughs> and we started talking and yada, yada, yada. And <laughs> he wound up going along with us on our one of our tours in Germany to perform. Yeah. And that was it, that's all it needed. He got bitten by the book.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what he attributed his connection to his Pennsylvania Dutch culture, to you. And he said, it really started when I met Keith. That's when it really started. And I went on tour with him. And he said, even though it was such a big part of who I am, I hadn't connected with it. So like, that's just such a neat story to hear. But it's fun to hear. He's You two crack me up. You two are very funny. And it was just funny to hear him talking about you. Because just really fun, I, fun people. I really have to
1: thank him. I really have to thank him for a bunch of different things, uh, performing jobs. And one of the the big post I have a Pennsylvania Dutch night before Christmas uh, done by an an Amish man from Shillington. He called me about that. But he also gave me one of my biggest compliments. A couple of years ago, we were on the hoedown stage uh, Friday night for the Friday night shindig, the showdown at the hoedown, as we called it. (laughs) And he, he was introducing and he gave a long spiel, a few minutes long, about Pennsylvania Dutch history and culture and so on and so forth. And I'm sitting there thinking, holy crap, this is really good. So after he was done, I said, Dave, that was really, really good. I'm really impressed. That was all accurate. And he looked me straight in the eye and said, well, it should be I learned most of it from you.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's neat. Oh, that's so cool. So yeah, Yeah. um,
1: things like that really make me feel good and impress me. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you've always been one of my favorite people. We moved here about six years ago and I sort of was catapulted into the, the, uh, the Pennsylvania German cultural heritage center scene because we were doing vending right. events and you were always a very, very kind and friendly person. And and I think you and your um, cousin New Hunter from back in the day or whenever, I don't know, longer than I've been around, but um, you know, one of the many, many people that were just so kind to me and so open and, you know, I'm, you know, I don't present as somebody that's uh, the typical Pennsylvania Deidre, you know, and I just appreciate that so much that you've always been so kind to everyone really. I think that the heritage center is a special place because a lot of people come there that don't know much and the people that are there vending or volunteering are always so kind and so, so gentle with the experience so that people don't feel uh, put off or, or in any way, um, I could have felt very intimidated. I had felt intimidated at other events, but never, never at that event. And that's a big part because of the kind of spirit you have, and and the other folks like Dave as well, and um, the good people that volunteer at the Heritage Center, and all our wonderful artisans and craftspeople. And it's just a really nice, nice feeling. And you know, we were really missing the Folk Fest this year for that same reason because it's kind of like summer camp, and you get together with all your friends and catch up. It's it's a wonderful community. And you know, I I think of you and um. I think of Dave as well as as real pillars and uh, leaders in the community as far as the educating and also just the, the kindness and the welcoming spirit. So thank you for all you do.
1: You're welcome and you arrived at the heritage center there is fantastic. Yeah. And we are so lucky for the last few years we've had two of the best people running it, yeah. Jackie Moya and Naomi Polly and they do a fantastic job but they do all the volunteers and the vendors mm-hmm. and uh, all the knowledgeable people. They're authentic and accurate and friendly and helpful. Yeah, I love all the events on there: uh, Easter Me on the too. farm and Hamlet Fest and Christmas on the farm. And I just taped about forty-five minutes of songs uh, for
0: the online Christmas on
1: the farm this year.
0: Oh, good! That's exciting. So that's where people can catch your act. Is it? Yep, yep. Is it mostly music? None of the jokes. <laughs> yep, it's
1: more. And no, no, there's some jokes in there too. Oh, of course. Good, Are you course. kidding?
0: Naturally. A, uh, a performance a without any jokes? That. Come on, <laughs>
1: Rachel. Yeah. Oh, and that's uh, exciting. Yeah. Uh, if uh, you probably never heard my one song, but it's uh, you will appreciate it more than most people. It's my <laughs> Pennsylvania Dutch English version of Feliz Navidad. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we're gonna
0: freak out. That's my son's <laughs> favorite song he oh, yeah. is obsessed with police Done. i can't wait to hear it we're gonna to have to have it on repeat he's gonna be in love with it that's so cool i can't wait to hear it that's yeah, very cool what,
1: what time but it'll be the first saturday which is december 5th in yeah. december as usual so you'll take, contact the heritage center and see how they're going to schedule all the, the all the uh, videos
0: oh i can't wait to see that he's going to be so excited that's his favorite song Speaking of the Heritage Center and Christmas on the farm, do you tell Keith brinson Huff, used to be our resident of uh, Belschnickel, the Belschnickel for many years, right? right? And you right. sent me a very cool picture of you dressed up. Tell me about that role and how that how that um, came to be. How did you end up being the Belschnickel?
1: Well, Dr. Dave Valeska, who is a retired uh, history professor from KU, uh, helped start the thing, and he was in charge of a lot of it, and... The first guy they got to play was more like the, oh, the old type, almost religious uh, leader type, uh, oh, he wasn't really a belch he was more Father Christmas or something like that. So Dave asked me if I could do something like that. Sure, I have to get some clothes together. So he loaned me an old beaten up gray coat, which actually was a confederate, civil war loan code
0: wow. he has
1: an excellent collection of civil war stuff because he is one of the world experts on the civil war especially the battle of gettysburg and then he his wife loaned me one of her old almost worn out mink stoles. <laughs> so that's <laughs> part of my costume yeah that's all so you anyway, need right <laughs> i did it i did it there for a few years i got the accurate stuff uh, moving and then right. i went to uh, Chicago to work at the Chris Kennell in Chicago where I ran the souvenir stand there for my German friend for four years. And when I came back, I told Patrick, I said, I won't be there. You can do it, but let me know if I can do it again when I come back. Okay. Sure. No problem. I came back. The powers that be said, "Nope,
0: Patrick's <laughs> doing it.
1: So I couldn't do it. Well then what? Well then I'll do Christmas songs, which is yeah. a lot less makeup. <laughs> and Almost as much fun. <laughs> so that's the way it went, but I've been doing it five, six times a year for the last umpteen years. Some private, some public. Last year I was at Emmaus, did oh, their nice. Christmas show in Emmaus, and that was pretty neat. But of course this year, zero. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so Do you mean anyway, for the yeah, past couple of years, still, old custom. you've still been dressing up like Belschnickel the past couple of years? Yes, I have. oh cool yep. I thought you, I wasn't yeah. sure if it was that or the Christmas music that's very cool. I'm excited to hear that because the whole tradition uh, it technically is it called Belshnickling where people in the neighborhood used to go around right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. just like any other custom there's the good, the bad and the ugly
0: yes
1: um, yes I know in Lancaster fifty 75 years ago a lot of teenage kids would dress up slobby and go mm. around picking on people especially kids I oh, got so boy. bad. They had a ban the police had a ban the practice there because you know wow i've never do. heard
0: that yeah that's awful
1: some of my uh some of my friends and so on in fact uh you know that the two vets uh that uh, the vet uh, the vet uh oh the veterinary place silver maple um, mm-hmm. his one brother is a dentist and when i was in there years ago he said yeah his uncle used to come around to their house and he would dress up and he would be drunk and he was mean wow. and nasty to the kids. And it just ruined his, I don't know if it's his sister's Christmas oh. for most of the rest of her life. Oh. You know, wow. that's not that's, what it's Yeah,
0: sure. That's, I've heard stories like that where people were terrified of them. Um, mm-hmm. Did you, as a child, were you ever, did you ever experience a valshnickel coming around nope. when you were a kid? No, nope. it had been long gone by them, huh?
1: For the most part. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you need, you need people to do it. And I'll tell you, one of the years I did it at the heritage center, uh, I do it two or three times every Christmas on the farm. And between doing it, I would take a break, walk around outside and go visit some friends who worked in the kitchen. And one year I went in there and started talking to the one lady, old lady friend of mine. And she's told me this. She said, you know, Keith, I was 12 years old until I finally realized that every time the bell signal came, my father wasn't there. <laughs> can you believe that? Yes, I, I made can. It well enough so that <laughs> so that her, she would recognize her father, oh that's my cell phone just ignore well, it, I will I'll get fine. it later. <laughs> it's a little
0: background music, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's well, funny. Well, I guess it was just so exciting. You're not really thinking about who else is around. Because, you know, when you're a kid, it's really just all about you, right? <laughs> right,
1: right, right. That's so and fun. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, misinformation about bell sniggles, too. And uh, yes. the thing is, you know, a lot of people think bell. Well, it's not a bell. It has nothing to do with bells. And I know that specifically uh, when I teach this, uh, a lot of the consonants are Switched from German to English. One have a lot of K's. Hmm, take your time. A lot of consonants are switched, like K's uh, mm-hmm. uh, in in German may become CH's in Dutch. Uh, B's and P's were switched a lot. And I know that's probably because of pronunciation, because how many times have I heard my parents' friends say, well, Prinzenhof, pushed." Yeah. You know, that's a P and it should be a B. So B should be a P. And pretzel, right?
0: And pretzel what? What? for pretzel. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep.
1: that's another one. I yep. do know
0: something.
1: <laughs> you are. You're not just another pretty face.
0: <laughs>
1: so, so
0: okay, anyway. how much time do you have? I could keep you around all day. <laughs> I like you, gentlemen. For
1: some reason, I seem to have a lot of time on my hands. I don't know. Why. Right. But, <laughs> but anyway,
0: <laughs> so if
1: you switch the B to a P, it becomes pelts. Well, yes. that's like the English word, pelt which is an animal skin, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the first part of it. So when you're dressed up, now it's wintertime, it's Christmas, and you're outside a lot of the time. So you need something warm. So you wear a pelt. It can be uh, a skin, a coat, shawl, or whatever you would call it if a guy wears it, a hat, which I have a fur hat too. And the other part is, is a nickel. Well, nickel is a short version of Nicholas, mm-hmm. Saint, as in St. Nicholas. So literally, the belch nickel is the furry... Santa Claus or the Furry Saint Nicholas. And that's the history. It was done a little bit over in the planet in Germany, not nearly as much as it was over here, like many other customs. So sure. That's the explanation. I
0: love it. What about the christkind Why don't we have that here? Christkind. Like the Germans do. She's yeah, so beautiful. The,
1: that's much more German as opposed to Dutch. And it's, uh, uh, over in Germany, uh, some of the, well, you have to backtrack and think what it was like over there a few hundred years ago. Mm. There was a lot of religious squabbling, fighting, yes. killing, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And some of the customs were eliminated or banned or whatever uh, in different places. And one of them was... Uh, the president for uh, Chris Kendall. Uh, whatever they had there before, which I don't remember, they thought it'd be nicer to emphasize more sacred stuff. So they said the Christ child, the Chris mm-hmm. Kendall. Now, over the years, that evolved too. Mm-hmm. When I was in Chicago at the Chris Kendall market, they had, uh, oh, it wasn't Chris Kendall. Oh, was it? Chris Kindle? Ken- Chris, Chris Kendall, I think it was. But now she's a tall, Beautiful yeah. long-haired blonde female.
0: Yeah.
1: Not exactly how you picture the Christ child, right? <laughs> so the way things change over time sometimes is weird. But yes. you know, it started as a strictly religious thing about Christ and then evolved into this modern big blonde-haired female.
0: Yes. Who knows? That's really interesting. I know. Things things evolve, right? And they change. Yep. Um let's see, what else? Um as I've said, while
1: well, you're thinking, as I've said many times, us old people don't like change, <laughs>
0: no.
1: except from vending machines. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really true. But you know what? And and you know what I really like about you too, Keith, is that you're you're very steeped into tradition and and very well versed in, in our traditional culture and the tradition of the language. Um, but as a human, you're very equitable. Um charitable and also you know progressively minded and i really value that because we've had some 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 trouble a little bit sometimes with people that are really stuck in in their old ways and maybe back about 50 years mentality wise and and it's tricky especially for a culture that's a, a living breathing culture that's alive and a folk right. culture that's supposed to be evolving and and being aligned with the folk you know we're carrying it on our backs, and it should reflect our our values, not the values of fifty years ago, a hundred years ago, three hundred years ago and I really value that in you and Dave as well. He's another fellow who I've always felt very comfortable, and um i I just know a little bit more about your personal beliefs and i and that makes me really proud and happy to have someone so steeped into tradition, but also meeting us in a very progressive and where we are now modern way and, and carrying that through our folk life experience and giving that experience to the people that come to the heritage center, particularly because that's where we both bend a lot and the folk fest as well, you know? So that's something that I really value a lot is in you as an individual, because that means a lot to me, you know, because that's something that's a tough, it's tough. And I, and I struggle with that a lot, having been kind of thrown into this sort of, sometimes a culture that's a a bit behind the times in certain ways and, and folk that are behind the times. And it's become a sticking point for me because I'm a very modern person. I grew up in a very modern kind of family and that's tough. And people like you make it feel better and feel like that gap is, is bridged. And that's what I look to as, as, as a great model of how to how to bring tradition and modern life and, and marry the two together in a harmonious way, you know? So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Could you write a long letter for my wife?
0: Anytime. I know. Same for you. Tell Hunter what a great person I am because right now he's had like enough. <laughs> no, no
1: problem, Rachel. Like I said before, I think you had almost as good a taste in men as he had in women. <laughs>
0: We do okay We're, you know, it's interesting because speaking of this like kind of, you know, um, tension, we, there's a lot that we don't have in common about, you know, very many things, um, <laughs> very very surface things, but also just like the way we were brought up, he was raised in Virginville, I was raised in Bucks County, uh, even though my family's off from here, my mom had to get out and um, very different upbringing. But you know, that's the thing about tolerance and acceptance and love is you don't have to necessarily agree on everything. But you have to have your ethics and sticking points where you just can't, you know, remove that, that feeling. But, you know, it's hard because I tell Patrick all the time. I don't know how he deals with a lot more than I have to. That sort of um, old way of thinking, you know, he he faces that a lot more than I do. And I always say to him, I don't know how you keep your composure and walk that line because it's really tricky. So I do I do think about you often because I, I know that side of you and, and I really appreciate that and that you're such a pillar in our community and you have those strong sense that strong sense of self and also um ethics in our modern world. So <laughs> thank you. Again. <Okay. laughs> thank you. And also your cousin and um he and uh why am I blanking on on um her name? <sighs> Illustrator. Right. Kathy, Carson. Kathy, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. Breezy is not my cousin, like he's many people cousin? think. I mean, he's my cousin. A lot of people think oh. he's my brother, but he's not. No, he's I know he's ride. your cousin, Silly.
0: So, yeah, do I get a yep. star? Do I get a star?
1: <laughs> yes, and, Kathy is,
0: I and love Kathy is
1: artistic, just like you. Yep.
0: Oh my gosh, Kathy was my MFA, I don't know what it's called even, it's so far in the past, but she she came and observed my MFA and gave them the report. She's a wonderful, she's so incredibly talented. Yep. such a wonderful person and breezy and and Hunter know each other, and you know, we just really enjoy um, but it's really funny though, with the humor because I told Dave Klein, I said, you've cornered the market on the dad jokes you really have. You're very good. And he said, yeah, I could probably just request I know all the jokes so well. I could just say, oh, you know, just tell number four, just tell number four. Again. I thought that was really funny because it's like, um coming from you, it's really funny, but like when I hear my dad tell dad jokes Actually, you remind me a lot. Uh, my dad is a funny guy and also very musical. But, um, you know, it's just not funny from him. It's funny from you.
1: <laughs> and he is, he is the one that gave me my unofficial nickname. One of the ones he's called me, the Prince of Puns.
0: <laughs> Prince of Puns, that's so good. I love it. Hey, listen, what inspired you to become a musician? Because this is a question I asked Steve, and his answer is very interesting. And I'm very interested in what inspired you.
1: Well, you asked excellent questions and they, oh, thank boy, you. Go back a long while yeah uh,
0: that's what
1: we want well it was literally by accident uh, when i went to albright college i was uh, a sophomore and on my way home uh, in breezy corners i got hit by an empty new car carrier truck turned the car over two and a half times, wound up upside down on my younger brother's prom night. And they took me to the Reading Hospital. I have no recollection of any of this. And fortunately, I survived. I saw pictures of the car already. It's amazing. Wow. It was. I was using my dad's uh, Nash Rambler and people who knew said any other car, I wouldn't be here. Uh, so what happened well i had a body cast on from my neck to my waist for 12 weeks in the summer oh my gosh fortunately i had a job at the bank in topton where i lived in topton and it was air conditioned so i really looked forward to going to work (laughs) (laughs) what are you going to do when you come home from work with the body cast on (laughs) So, well my younger brother had learned to play guitar so uh, he taught me a couple of things and I could practice guitar like that. And so I just practiced. And then when the cast came off, I kept playing and so on so forth. And, uh, he and his friend started a band and, uh, his high school buddies. So I joined in, uh, playing rhythm guitar and, uh, that led to other instruments. And when I was teaching, I took a class down at, I think it's through George Washington university. It was at a, Uh, a women's college on the other side of the Potomac from DC and uh, we had to do a paper in the summertime, right? So three-week class or six-week Africa, I I think it was three weeks. What can I do a paper on that has never been done for that class? Pennsylvania German folk music. Okay, so Mm -hmm. I started doing that, collected some records, remember records?
0: Yeah, I sure do. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) And so on and (laughs) so forth. And then I had gotten a banjo and learned to start to learn to play it. And the banjo book that I had was written by one of the speakers for our class. I thought, oh, wow, man. this is serendipitous. Yes. One of my favorite words. I use at least once or twice a year. And, <laughs> and so then uh, getting into the mountain dulcimer, which was the only musical instrument in the world invented slash developed by the Pennsylvania Germans, I thought, wow, this is pretty neat. And I could even learn some Pennsylvania Dutch songs because there weren't too many people singing them in those days. Yeah. So one thing led to another, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I went from <laughs> pop rock to folk, Pennsylvania Dutch, and then back to pop rock again. And I kept playing guitar and other instruments. So the second time, same people, I played lead guitar and my brother played with guitar. So all those songs from the fifties and sixties and seventies, I know most of them, played most oh, wow. of them. Yada yada yada. So I have a, a wide range of musical tastes and abilities.
0: That's so and cool. And that's
1: that's how I got into all that stuff and went on from there.
0: That's so fascinating because I just imagined because you're so talented in music and so many different instruments that you had been doing it since you were like two or something. That's a really interesting. Just imagine how that reset the course of your life. You know, that's very cool. That's really neat. That's interesting and kind of reminds me of um you know Frida Kahlo. The artist, the Mexican artist.
1: Okay. Are you sure with her? Yeah.
0: Yep. She had a really, really terrible accident when she was younger and it sort of started, prom, prom, prompted her art exploration as well. But yeah, that's really very, a very cool story. Thank you for sharing.
1: So as a site light, there's <laughs> yeah. a pun here somewhere, just wait. Well, next time you go through breezy corners, they had been bugging and bugging and bugging officials to put a traffic light there for years. No, wow. no, it's not that important. Within a couple of months after my accident there, now there's a traffic light there. Wow. I always call that my traffic light.
0: Yes, yes. There should be like an official plaque or something for you in honor <laughs> of you. That's really amazing that you survived. That's very, very scary. It is.
1: It's totally yes. amazing.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Um so were you, so your family wasn't very musical, meaning like your parents weren't musical?
1: They they were, were not. Uh not playing my right. Uh, they were they were fanatical Hoedowners. My parents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and my older brother also. My older brother was had a a big swing music record collection. I mean, I heard it oh. all from Benny Goodman, Glenn Miller, Tommy Dorsey, Jimmy Dorsey. I heard it all. Uh, so That's like I awesome. say, I'm familiar with a lot of kinds of music, and uh, but he he'd never played anything. And we tried to get our children well. Our daughter and son took piano lessons for about a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Our daughter did passable. Our son didn't do very, good, very well. Then he took sax lessons uh, through the school for about a year and thought if he practiced 10 minutes a couple times a week, he'd be fine. Really bad. Yep,
0: I know. <laughs> I have that in my house, I know. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're raising a bunch of artists, right?
0: I hope so. Lord have mercy, because I don't know. I mean, this core curriculum's really doing it. It's really a doozy, Keith.
1: Oh man, really this online stuff? Wow.
0: Well, tough. just the whole lot of it, the whole universal curriculum is really terrifying to me as an, as an educator. And, you know, I'm like a Montessori spirit and I, I believe kids need to learn through play and definitely the arts. I mean, we're thankfully in a great district. Um, but, there the pacing's a lot. It's, it's a very intense pacing and it gives me anxiety for my kids because there's not a lot of time for reflection on what you've just learned or practice of what you've just learned or just letting children be creative. It's just, it's, it's, it's tough, it's tough. If I had the patience for them, I'd homeschool, but I don't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's
1: just like that famous old story of the tourist who went to New York City, wanted to go see a big concert at Carnegie Hall. And he couldn't find a place. He saw a pedestrian pull over to the curb with his window and he says, Excuse me, sir, can you tell me how to get to Carnegie Hall? And the guy looked at him and said, Practice, son, practice. <laughs> That's,
0: <pretty funny. laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, we need a laugh. Thank you, Keith. That's very good. Um, yeah, I'm hoping these kids are artists because we want to pass on the tradition for sure. I mean part of this book that I'm working on, it's about Pennsylvania Dutch folk art and kitsch and um, design, so it's supposed to be working towards um, what I studied for three years for my okay. MFA, um, and, you know, what's neat about it is I'm kind of following some of the families that it was like the dynasties, you know, like the clay pools and, and the uh-huh. vargins, and um, uh-huh. who else, you know, there's a whole bunch of them, but. Oh, yeah that's really spe- special and sacred i think um especially in our culture that i've experienced is the modern day families that have been carrying on this tradition so that's really really fascinating and important to me so my kids are all involved and i know i'm um, you know, depending on what their interests are. My oldest is very interested in making money. So she always helps me at the Folk Fest for that reason. <laughs> so, okay, whatever it takes. I mean, I'm not trying to raise a capitalist, but if it gets me help at the Folk Fest, I mean, it is like the hardest thing to live through, but no, I'm just kidding. It is hot though. I will often pass Keith by um during the Folk Fest, just, you know, I'll be hustling somewhere and you'll be hustling somewhere and it's so hot, and you're in these these suits, and I'm just like, Keith, you're just a rock star. This is incredibly hot right now, especially when you do your doctor, um, help me out, Sch- schnuts. no, help me, doctor. I don't know where you're Wittzel going. shoots and your reenactment of um, the band. Dr. Yes, yes, it's a, hot, it's a hot outfit, and you, you uh- take it like a boss, very, very impressive. And so entertaining. I mean, folks, when you get a chance to get out or go online and look back at some of Keith's uh, performances, it's a wonderful show. Um, a really great entertainer, not just a musician. A really great entertainer. The whole show is a is a really great experience. And please tell us a couple of things: where we can find you and follow you, and also what are all the projects that you've done? Let's like go through them. Um, so we have the Toad Creek Ramblers, and then we have um, where's my CD. The project that you did with your wife, but what else have you done? Um, I know uh, Dave is like in fifteen different bands. Uh, so it's Keith, <laughs> <At> and Car- <laughs> right? Keith and, Keith and Carlene and Brinsonhoff, and then what? What other projects have you been involved in? Well, uh, Peppernut uh, Schnapps, right? I yes, I bank, got another one. <laughs>
1: the bank did a did a tape years ago, and Dave's down there, and Mitch Miller and uh, jo- Joanne Zuber. And Ted Fenstermacher, we had two fiddle players on that one. And uh, that's only on cassette tape. I have like a dozen of them left or something like that. Oh, wow. The CD that my wife and I did. And then I did another CD for local, popular local songs, mostly English, some instrumental, one Pennsylvania Dutch. And Mitch Miller played fiddle. And Mike Kurtzak played banjo. And I played auto harp and guitar. And that has a bunch of neat stuff on it. I think it has peppermint schnapps on that one too. Oh, neat. Which for people who don't know, that is my uh, English-Dutch version of Margaritaville by my personal (laughs) favorite contemporary singer-songwriter, some guy named Jimmy Buffett. And I did a few years ago, I was at the original Margaritaville restaurant in Key West, Florida. I had a cheeseburger in paradise and the best margarita I had in my life.
0: Oh, that's neat. That would have been I thought you were gonna say you performed the song for us for the audience. (laughs) You broke out into song. That's so cool, Keith. And and not to mention the participation or the the, um you have your hand in the Lions Fiddle Festival as well. Right. Right. That's okay. I can edit this out if you need a minute.
1: Nope, nope. I just had a little message from my wife, that's all.
0: Oh, good. Hopefully good news.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm probably one of only two or three people who helped start the Lions Fiddle Festival because we're up to like 36 or 37 years. Uh, Yeah, I was a lot younger then. And uh, (laughs) I am the uh, MC, and uh, I am the band leader and the music coordinator which makes sure everything is organized and make the bands get up there and make sure they stop on time and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: so it's big... been fun. I've
1: had a, I've had lower four or five different co during that time period. Randy Schlegel was one uh, he helped start it. he was is the mayor of Lyons, and oh, wow. uh, Uncle Jeffrey from Lehigh Valley oh, yeah. was sure. up to, well, a few years ago and last year it was Sarah Larson who was one of the grand champions and she is fantastic, so awesome. it's been fun. We couldn't do it this past year for the obvious reason,
0: right? Hopefully,
1: we'll be able to do it next year, but we'll have to wait yes. and see.
0: That's an incredible event as well. Um, so very cool, and also involved in the great Pennsylvania music and arts celebration in Allentown. And You helped start that, I get that off the ground running, right?
1: Right, That's we a had very it three cool years.
0: event too. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: It was Memorial Day weekend, uh, at the Allentown Fairgrounds. And uh, uh, I helped organize it, I hired a bunch of performers, I did a couple of shows myself, different things by myself and with the band, and so on. And one of the highlights of that for me was, I got to meet Alex Meixner. Now, if that name doesn't ring a bell, Alex Meixner is one of the best accordion players in the world. Wow. Grammy nominee, and so on and so forth. and. Uh, his father was inducted to the Polka Music Hall of Fame in Cleveland uh, a year or two ago. And a couple of years ago, Alex had jobs in Texas, took the Midnight Red Eye into Allentown so he could come for the last day, which is Memorial Day uh, on the Monday. And by coincidence, uh, the Lions Fiddle Festival Band and the champions were the last show on the outside stage. So he, sh- he showed there, showed up there to say hi and so on and so forth. And he wanted to play with us. So wow. I had to teach him the last song, which is a fiddle tune called Soldier's Joy. So another one of my highlights, I got to teach a Grammy nominee a song. <laughs> That's so cool. And he came up on stage and played with us Soldier's Joy. Fiddle, That's banjo, so
0: cool. uh,
1: guitar, auto harp, bass, and accordion. It was fantastic. And we stayed in tune sins. In fact, he gave a couple personal private concerts for like 15, 20 people. And one of the concerts, one of the songs he did was a song his father wrote called "Katrina's Walls. I said,
0: "Wow, that's
1: our daughter's name."
0: Yeah, that's so, so neat. So I
1: said, "Can you send it to me?" So he emailed it to me, and then I forwarded it to our daughter. And they have it, Katrina's Waltz. That's
0: so cool. So, oh, that's so much, yeah. that's so special. And you know, we really like that too, Hunter and I, because you know, people sleep on the Lehigh County. You know people sleep on it and think that Berks is the only thing that has, has it going on. But really, I mean, I will say for sure, hands down, some of my favorite hex signs in the whole world are in my, Lehigh. I love them so much. I love the simplicity, the, the red and the white. Um, and there's so much history there. And I was really excited to, to see that event um coming to, into formation because, um, you know, it was like, it's not just Kutztown, you know, and, and other people need to experience it. And what's neat, um, vending the first year was the people that came in that had like no prior knowledge of, of the connections and and being able to interact with those people. Like I said, I miss, m- miss the folk so much and, and being at vending events because I, I really enjoy that as a teacher, I really enjoy interacting with people and, and getting to teach them things and also getting to t- them to teach me what are they interested in seeing and what do they like about my work? Because that's something with folk art that dif- difference, that differentiates, wait, what do I want? Um, that's something with folk art that's different than fine art because you're not just making art for yourself you're making art for the folk and you want them to be happy with it and similarly I'm sure with you um, and your musical career and path, you know you've taken some feedback and and seen what people have enjoyed and definitely when you do um the different the different skits and stuff I I really think that's that's something that people will always say it was really a highlight for them to see so it's a big event on the main stage when when you go on so I always kind of scooch over there and <laughs> leave my leave my little booth and go check it out. Um it's a lot of fun. So
1: Yeah, one one year one of the stories I told a friend of mine was a volunteer at the folk festival. He was sitting in the audience, he said, Boy, when you told one story and told the punchline, the lady in front of me was cracking up so much she fell <laughs> off the bench.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such good that's such a good compliment to you. <laughs> oh my goodness. that's really cool Keith thank you so much for joining me today this was so much fun to catch up with you and and to tell you some things that you know they stay inside my brain and I'm like well of course Keith knows how wonderful he is and what an impact he's made but you know I think as all of us um that are so busy sometimes you know and maybe you know don't always stop to think about what an impact we've had you know it's nice to hear I'm sure that um personally that you've made a huge impact on me and my experience in the culture and you know making me feel really accepted and and appreciated and and we really value that in you and also all your all your so, so so entertaining and all the different things that you do for us and keeping the the language going and being such a an easy person to learn it from and not it was never it never felt like a chore to go to class even though it's hard to learn a language it was always something to, to look forward to It was like a whole experience and and we would just really appreciate that so much i know i still talk to some of the people that i was in class with and it's really nice um ruth hahn she 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 and i stay in touch so it was really fun
1: good i'm glad
0: yeah yeah for sure
1: never sure
0: always a fun experience
1: Give you a charming and lovely husband a hug and a kiss from me. I you.
0: sure will. I sure will. <laughs> because
1: he Absolutely. prefer one from you, not from me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's just, he's so angry with me because I basically have like said, no, we're pretty much not going to bend until this sort of passes a bit more and he's just like ready to get up. He's the one that he really loves it. If I like it and I love it, he like loves it. He loves it so much it's his thing, but I will give him your, um, big hug and kiss. (laughs) He'll be excited. He'll be the first one for 10 months. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder though. You know, I don't know how people got through it when they'd have to be hunkered down together for so long. We're just listening to a book about the pilgrims and we are very blessed though to be going through this when we are so that we have the technology and we have the the, the blessings that we have. So I am grateful on that note. And uh, Keith, before we go, I feel like you have something to say, but before we go, I want you to teach us how to say happy Thanksgiving before we go. But you tell me what you had something to say.
1: Freelica Dunk Dog. Happy Thanksgiving. Freelica Dunk Dog.
0: Freelica dunk, dunk,
1: dunk. dunk Dog.
0: Dunk Dog.
1: Dunk Dog. Dunk Dog. Dunk, dunk is dog. thanks, like Dunker. Oh, dog, donkey,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and dog is day.
0: I said dunk. All right. Fralico? Frey. Freylicher?
1: Freylicher. Freylicher.
0: Dunk dog. Dunk dog. Freylicher,
1: dunk dog.
0: Freylicher, dunk dog. dog. Am I supposed to do the? <sighs> am I supposed to do the? <sighs> is that necessary?
1: Oh, it's up to you. Freylicher. I like him. <laughs> Freylicher. Dog dog. It's hard for Americans to say some.
0: Frilika donk dog.
1: It's give good. up. Just donk give dog.
0: up. <laughs> Thanks for not giving up on me, Keith.
1: <laughs> no problem. You're oh, worthwhile.
0: Oh, thank you. And and to say goodbye, we make good, right? Is that correct? We make good. Mach's good.
1: Literally make it good. It's max is it's contraction there is for S. Literally it'd be Mach S good. But people don't say mach es good. they use the contracted form, machs gut. Machs gut. That's the only in thing Dutch, I can kind of say. In Dutch we occasionally do use an apostrophe. Oh! <laughs> not.
0: Getting fancy.
1: <laughs> that's right. Sometimes we are linguistically oriented.
0: Sometimes, once in a while. Well, listen, I am so grateful for you coming and thank you for all the things that you do. And thank you for keeping a sense of humor when we're learning this difficult language because it kept me going, honestly. It was a lot of fun.
1: I'm glad you are grateful alive, not grateful dead. <laughs> yeah, <right>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank, thank you, you for joining us. Oh where can people no
1: find problem. you? Where can people find you? Do you have a website? W- www.toadcreekmusic.com. toadcreekmusic.com. Okay. T O A D C R E E K M-U-S-I-C I found
0: it. You got it. And or can people- if you want to
1: see some if you wanna see some music and entertainment, you can just Google Pennsylvania German music or PA German music. Not Pennsylvania Dutch. You get some clown in Pittsburgh, but oh. Pennsylvania German music.
0: Okay, yes, you got and it. There's,
1: there's some video clips and other stuff on there, especially from the uh, Pennsylvania Humanities Council when I was a speaker for them.
0: So, oh, cool! And and to get some of the some of the stuff, uh, they can go to uh, Mastoff. Yes, still so carries the CDs. Still
1: carries the CDs.
0: Okay, cool. Yep. So awesome.
1: So does Firefly Bookstore in Kutztown.
0: Oh, yeah, my buddies. I love them. Okay, so if you're close, Firefly has them. Or MassDoc, you can also order. I bet you can order from Firefly, too, online. Probably, If you're not too close. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thanks so much again, Keith. It was such a pleasure talking to you.
1: I want to be the first to wish you a very Merry Christmas. (gasps) Thank you. listen carefully. I hope you get what you deserve.
0: Oh, yes. I I do too, not the one. Well, listen, and congratulations. Well deserved. What an honor and and a wonderful person. Please check out all the wonderful things Keith does. And hopefully we'll see you soon at the Folk Fest, right? Soon enough, right?
1: Hope so. Yeah. Keep
0: our fingers crossed. Yeah. Max good. Yeah, yeah. Max besser. Max besser. (laughs) Nick besser. There you go. There you go. Bye. Bye, Keith. I'll send you a link and stuff, okay? When this is up.
1: LinkedIn? Oh, a LinkedIn, okay.
0: (laughs) And I'll tag you on the post, okay?
1: Good. I'll be it.
0: Uh, All right. Thanks, Keith. Take care of yourself.
1: Yep, you too.